welcome to this episode of Special Unit 352, or SU352 for short. My name is Max, and this is my co-host Peyton, and we became fast friends over our mutual love of Star Wars. We love Star Wars so much that we wanted to talk about it all the dang time, so we decided to record it one day. Today, we're going to be talking about Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back radio play, episodes 1 through 5. Peyton, how are you doing today? I'm doing as well as could be expected from getting over a summer cold and technology not working how it's supposed to work. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, things like that. So, yeah, all in all, not too bad, not too shabby. You? Yeah, I'm starting a new job uh, today and I am running around like a chicken with my head cut off, filling out forms and car shopping mm-hmm. not fun no i feel like uh car shopping feels like i'm going to a place where there are a bunch of pastors and all of them want me to go to their church except wow. by going to their church they mean give them twenty thousand dollars so would you rather car shop or lightsaber shop if lightsaber shopping was um, accessible without oh. going online. Absolutely, like just going to a shop and picking up lightsabers and swinging them around. Lightsabers, because I know what I'm talking about. Like <laughs> I know the ins and outs of uh, of these like fancy lightsabers. Do. Cars yeah. run on magic for me. Mm, Car- cars magic. are cars are just maxi big the force. They're just what. <laughs> They're well, just. But wait a second! You said magic, so do they fly too, like Arthur Weasley's car? No, it's just uh, the the engine. I I put gas in, and then things go. So it's and like you're flying. All... You're driving a speeder. It's yeah. it's a speeder. It's your <laughs> own. It's mystical. Speeder. Yeah. So well, um, news department. I have two Not... cool pieces of news. Uh, oh, okay. What uh, well, mine are, actually, we don't really have that much news, much Star Wars news, I should say, um, except they finally decided to revamp, um, they revamped the Q system for Rise of Resistance again, um, so now we get to select our party members up to an hour before the 7 a.m. and the 1 p.m., Opening times. Cool. Which um, answers this question for me. Why didn't they do this earlier? Uh, they probably had too many people, and so it would. they were already flooded as a system, so they were probably just waiting on uh, the capacity to go down a bit. That would be my yeah, guess. Yeah, but they could have they done this Anytime, unless they couldn't get it working with the app. That too. Technology because never works the way it's supposed to. It, especially at Disney World. Um, because because of this because of the way they had the system laid out, we couldn't get our parents on the ride when we took them to Hollywood Studios a couple years back. Mm. Um or actually no, it was it was just last year actually. Um yeah, because we we spent so much time getting them set in our group. And then by the time we clicked on the button, you know, we clicked it at the exact proper time, we did not get it. 
But this is great, you know, now that you can select your party members beforehand, you don't have to click that extra button. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, um, but you had some news for me. I do. First off, uh, and this is big news for Star Wars canon. Um, okay. Uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is getting a remake. Like a game remake or a yes, film remake? a video game remake. And okay. I, know, I did see that. I saw that briefly on Facebook. And their promo is just Darth Revan. That's it. And they have the original voice actor, uh, Jennifer Hale, and they, man, it's it looks great, and I'm so excited. But they Disney hasn't really weighed in on whether Revan is still canon or not, because Revan is just kind of like Revan is kind of its own. Knights of the Old Republic made this whole not Skywalker arc. And right. it's very interesting and very different. And it makes the force malleable and interesting story-wise. Yeah. Um, it looks great and it sounds great and I'm excited for it. So how does that fit into the um, the High Republic? Uh, that is... is that the, are they totally different eras then? They are different eras. Okay. Um, well, I mean, as I recall, I thought I saw a... Darth Revan um, lightsaber, like one of the Black Series. I don't know if it's Black Series or Master Replicas or something. Oh, right. Had, it is the Black Series. They, had, they do. I have, okay, I have not even looked at it because, I mean, since I never saw Darth Revan, you know, in person on screen, I never paid attention. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I'm hearing now, these new Black Series hilts are not that great. Sad day. They're coming out with Rays uh, soon, too. They announced that this the week. The yellow one? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying they're not great. I'm just saying it's just like, I, I feel like they're they're charging more money for them and they're making the hilts heavier and clunkier. Yeah, I can see that. Um, because I got the, not the elite one, but I got the first version of the Kylo Ren saber. That was the last saber saber character wise I bought. Um, and it was heavy. Yeah. And I hated, I hated the, um, the stand that came with it. I had my dad commission a custom stand that he built himself from scratch. So. And, yeah, I did. I, I've got no. The yeah. other news: there is oh, yes. a new video game that is now mm-hmm. cr- that called Star Wars Hunters, and Ooh, Star Wars. I did is, see that. Uh, they're essentially coming out with their own version of uh, what is it called? <laughs> Overwatch, because uh, right at the perfect time, because the creators of Overwatch are under fire for uh, sexual harassment. For the past like 30 to 40 years. Uh, so they're under fire for a lot. But <sighs> moving on to these characters. These heroes. These characters you get to play. are uh-huh. Their design is perfect. First off we've got Graz. A Wookiee warrior. And Graz. his weapons are 
he's dual wielding droid arms. Are you serious? Imper- that have the imperial signia on their on their shoulder, and he uses what? them as weapon melee weapons. We've got Aran Tal, which is a Mandalorian with two blasters, pretty standard. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, J3DI, a mm-hmm. droid programmed to believe that the Force is with him. Uh, what? He even has like a robotic, like. Obi and like he has the outfit, but it's it's metal and he looks like a training droid. Then we've got Reeve, a shrewd dark side warrior here to sow wickedness, mm-hmm. which is cool. Ooh, we've got good. Amira Vex, uh, which huh. is a bounty hunter. Okay. Uh, with a side rocket launch sidearm rocket launcher, which is kind of cool. S- slingshot, which is uh one of the hog people. Uh-huh. What are those guys called? I don't remember. Ugnots? Oh, Gamorians. No, no, no. The tiny ones. Oh, Ugnot. There's an Ugnot riding in a droidica. Where are those droidicas? <laughs> he colored it. He painted it purple and put bigger blasters on the arms and is <laughs> riding in the center of it like a mech. Well, you should... Well, they should paint the um. He should have painted the uh, belly of the Jordica green and put Barney in, in, in yellow letters on the uh, stomach. That would be awesome. Yeah, we've got Sentinel, which is uh, a heavy turret wielding uh, stormtrooper, mm-hmm. and we have Zaina, Zaina, a veteran of the Rebel Alliance and hero to the New Republic. And then, last but not least, we have Utuni, which is two two Jawas on top of each other. What? That's one character, and you can swap between the two guns. The gun, like each gun, the one has. So, if you want to switch weapons, you literally decide change which which Jawa is on top. Wow! So, when is this game going to come out? It doesn't say uh but it is okay. coming out for uh it is definitely coming out for the switch and uh ios and android um there is talk that it might later come onto pc but they're not sure about that okay and everything on the website is talking about what is going to happen but not but not any okay. dates of any kind Okay. I just like that you get to fight as two Jawas in a trench coat. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got a friend that promised me, well, semi-promised me, as soon as he gets uh, things rolling, give me his uh, my own Mandalorian armor. Ooh. Like, costu- like costume-wise. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> he built his own Din Djarin costume last year for Halloween. Oh, that's and cool. It is- I've never seen it in person, but it looks sick. It sounds sick. It's awesome. And he built like a Ahsoka costume. I think he's building other costumes too, but he like sews all the stuff together, 3D prints it. That's so, awesome. Maybe I'll, maybe if uh, if I ever get one, I can wear it and then finally pay for that lightsaber upgrade. Mm. I just don't know when I'm going to be able to do that. Have you seen uh, Saber Forge's uh, 
they made an homage to uh, they made a lightsaber based off the Mandalorian helmet. That's interesting. And it's really pretty. And uh-huh. if you get the Din Djarin one, it is etched with the the Mudhorn. Oh, okay. okay. And then every once in a while, they've only done this like twice, but they've released it in uh, painted as Boba Fett's colors <laughs> and uh, without the Mudhorn uh, etching. Simple. And okay. it's like $50 more. Wow. Okay. I'll have to look into it. Uh, but hey, let's um, let's get into this um, second radio play. Absolutely, uh, 19, um, 1983, I believe, or 84. Uh, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. What are your initial um, thoughts? My initial thoughts, of course, this is my favorite of the three of them. Uh, as everyone knows, I've listened to these countless times. I know they made my sleep. So, <coughs> excuse me. I sound like Grievous over here. Jedi, oh, oh. I scum. Um, but no, I love the Empire Strikes Back. I feel like this, if like we mentioned in the last episode, if the original trilogy had been a twenty-nine episode, and this is counting all three radio plays here, a twenty-nine episode TV show. With the Empire Strikes Back being the middle piece, obviously, these ten episodes overall would have been the best ever. Um, they really stepped up their game here with Empire, and I believe we're going to cover the first five episodes. But since I believe you listened to all of them, we can kind of we can kind of dabble. And do some overall uh, insights as we go. I mean, we might as well do that too, you know. Um, But I, as I understand it, you don't know which episode is which because it's streamlined it on YouTube, correct? Yep. I listened to uh, if you cut out apparently if you cut out the intro and the outros, and uh, and you just go from dialogue to dialogue, and you and you cut off the last time on Star Wars like the, that part then yeah. uh, it's like a little over three hours huh like I listened to the whole thing while like cleaning my house and, <laughs> and working on computer stuff they, they should have they done that for the Audible edition I bet they wouldn't get so many bad reviews if, it, if they had done it that way not that the um, I mean the overall reviews are good but people just like to make bad reviews because they complain about the fact that they are paying this much money for a bunch of music in the middle. Yeah. So I can see but, where they're coming um, from. Yeah. So this first episode is called Freedom's Winter. And this opens up with Commander Nera outside of their four. Um, overall thoughts. First thoughts on this episode, Max. I this is an interesting um segment that wasn't in the film. A, a battle. Yes. A, a dog fight, as you know, as it were, between the rebels and the Empire. Why didn't they do this in the in the film? I feel like now I don't, cool. I don't know the run times, but I do think that I do think the run that runtimes like, for the films. 
the run times for the uh, for the films, but I feel like the Empire Strikes Back does feel a bit long. It's it's only three minutes longer than episode four. That's episode fair. four That's is, is two hours and four minutes, and episode five is two hours, two hours and seven minutes. But it's really hard to really judge those times because Lucas has tampered with the run times of the original trilogy for time out of mind. Um, actually, side story, I was doing a Star Wars shipping contest and they had a they had a tiebreaker. And the question was, how many hours would it take you to watch episodes one through, I believe it might have been one through six or one through eight. This was right before episode, <coughs> episode nine came out. Mm-hmm. And I, I had my dad write down a bunch of numbers. And I was only off by five minutes because I was. That's because, insane. Because I, because I had, because of the, the times that were given. Um, because I, the original trilogy times are so screwed up. I don't know, like the original, original runtime. So they didn't specify. So, but no, yeah, 127 minutes. I mean, that to me, that's not long. I mean, if you're looking at The Last Jedi, where they gave us a bunch of stuff that didn't need to be in the film, that film was two hours and 32 minutes, 152 minutes. They could have easily put in a battle here in the beginning. Right. And they could introduce introduce us to Captain Nita as well. Instead of just seeing him briefly a couple times throughout the film and then having him get choked out. Yeah. So, did you like this beginning? I really liked this beginning. And then, uh, it, it did, it like, it was a little campy. Because again, like, this is, this is just like a thing you do. Yeah. Uh, it's like very well rehearsed and I feel like they did a very good job. I just also feel like the, the thing that excites me about this, this episode is what comes after this scene, Uh um, of the dog fight, because it's the same scenes from the movie, but it feels like the camera was moved. And so we get a different perspective and we hear a couple more lines from other characters that we didn't get, Mm -hmm. but like we still... We still, get we still get the same dialogue, the same knowledge, but like it comes differently. Uh huh. I'm. Mean, I see. Yeah, I see where you're going. I, mean, I like. I like the dialogue because it tells us, oh, this is how he becomes commander. Because we never really know how he became commander. They never really specified that in the film. Right. So, um, any any difference? In the in the act in the acting for the main cast, did you think it was better than the first play? Hey, it solidifies my belief that this Vader actor is excellent. My qualm is all of the Imperials in this episode, and pretty much throughout this this radio play, play is that I like I thought they were better than the. Uh, original they i feel like man i feel like they were 
like they could have had so much more energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are kind of a bit droll. They're they're very low. They very we have them now, Lord Vader. No, don't choke me. Yeah, out, and then you got the, the the nasally voice of Admiral Ozzel. Yes. Yes, Lord Vader. Um, yeah. I think they did a really good job of like adding more to like making the world feel like it's bigger than it is. Like they did such a good job of like just like I'm trying to find, I'm having the hard like a hard time describing it, but it really was this like lived in real world feel. Mm-hmm. Uh and I like the dogfight really added to to me. The dogfight really added to like the feel of the universe being like, mm-hmm. oh well, this is all bigger than the camera, and yeah. I felt like that was very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is my thoughts exactly too. Of course, you know, I mean, not that I don't like the beginning. Oh, scene for Empire, but it's just, you know, you could have made it very, I, I guess they didn't want to make it, like, similar to a New Hope's opening segment. With the big Star Destroyer and the Tan before, you know, so, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts on this episode? Uh, when does, where does this episode end narratively? Oh boy. Um, I want to say right after Obi Wan says something, to, uh, tells Luke to go to Dagobah. Okay. I it's, I really like that. Him being lost in the snow is way longer. I'm a big yeah. fan. I mean, they 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 gave us what two episodes technically on that. Yeah. Um. Yeah that 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 is my favorite. I feel like the beginning part of Empire, this radio play, was a lot longer than the ending part. Once you get to like episode six, this kind of it goes really quick. Yeah. Um, but episode two, the coming storm. Any particular thoughts on this one, or just kind of so-so? Yeah, is this one where? Uh, this is it, where we get the, a lot of Han and Leia interaction. I don't. I forgot how um uh handsy Han was. <laughs> what and like <laughs> and like the like the nice guy dog whistles that Han was saying. Like it was okay to say this in the seventies. Yeah, but like. If I were to try, if I were to say any of Han's lines to a woman at a bar, I would, I would hope that someone would punch me in the face. I really do. (laughs) And like, like getting past that, like, whoa, oh, oh, all right. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, I... I like the idea that we get a uh, we get a little bit more of their dialogue, and we yeah. get a little bit more of their feel. Again, like I feel like this is like the extended DVD scenes. Yeah, 
you know, it technically is. I mean, the only things they didn't put in this were the, um, you ever seen those Wampus scenes on Disney Plus? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They didn't do any of that in here. Which, um, I'm not sure if I'm happy about that or not. I mean, mm. probably for the best because all you would hear is roaring. Yeah. I'm kind of glad that, like, they they looked at that and they were like, yeah, this isn't going to translate ju- uh, as a radio play, so we're just going to, uh, like, yeah. zip, well, zap, zoop. I mean, they, it never translated well to big screen either because they couldn't, um, they had issues with the Wampa suits. Mm-hmm. And there was a subplot that was not needed. Um, speaking of subplots, and I tell you, Trupio hilarious in this particular radio play and it and it's consistent it's it consistently is. good acting and good writing and great lines yeah. I, and the fact that they can do a troopio or two conversation in audio form so well i mean just thinking with i mean the for example like the first conversation we listen to is them arguing with a what kind of droid was it? It was a coordinating a pro- droid. A coordinating droid. Yeah. And Trupio calls him an object? Yes. What is Trupio then? <laughs> an object? <laughs> no, that's their word. You can't you can't you can't call them an oh. object. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man. They did it. That actor. What was his name again? Anthony Daniels. Anthony Daniels. Which I did see him. I met him from a distance at Star Wars in concert about ten years back. That's cool. My parents surprised me, and we went and saw it. It was awesome, and he presided over the whole entire event. I mean, they must have done about four hundred of those shows. He must have gotten tired of hosting it after the first twenty. Mm. Um. I mean, this is really hard uh, trying to piece together which episode begins and ends. Yeah. Um, might as well just do the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> we can at least do um, all the way to the halfway mark. Yeah, and see how we feel from there. I feel like they did... It was good that they did the day, um, episode three and four... Um, which episode three is a question of survival mm. focusing on the discovery of the probe droid, which they actually made that sound so much more menacing um, with the ending narration, which you, of course, you missed out on. Um, but they, they, they make it suspenseful. Ooh. The fact that there's this unknown droid creeping across Across the uh, ice, sneaking around, sniffing around, as Han would say. I loved the scenes with <laughs> Han and Luke. Yeah. So much. I wish that that was... I wish we could have had that scene on screen. Which one? The one where um, the, t- the joke came about calisthenics? Yeah, like that Like that whole scene. Like, any of the scene yeah, of... Not- of like, the, like, the only scene that we get from them... From Luke, uh, Han saving Luke is. I thought they smelled bad on the outside, and then the next, yeah, the next scene is them being rescued by a snow speeder. Right, but Rogue, like, yeah, Rogue Squadron. Mm-hmm. But like, man, I, 
I feel like we don't get enough of the Han Luke jokes in the film. And like Luke is still whiny. Like it's still a part of his character. <laughs> it is. It is. Um let's see what else. Um not much I can say about episode three. The only thing I can mention is um so you know how in the opening narration they do the whole entire beginning theme song the yeah. well and then there in the opening narration they cut that halfway and they insert the imperial march yes for episode three mm. which i love i i really love yeah. i love vader a lot more in this radio play because it sounds much more menacing um, or this 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 whole version is darker than the actual film. I agree, and I'm uh, here so for it. Know, and we know that film was extremely dark by the eighties standards. Um, so let's see what else. Uh, episode four: Fire and Ice. Okay, interesting title here. Um, what is this? Game of Thrones: Ice and Fire, Fire and Ice. Always, I love the fact. I love the fact that they put a whole entire battle into one episode. And, and that's how it should have been. Like it it's, it's it, it feels just like everything else. Like, man, it's just mm, I love Star Wars. Like it just Me feels too. so lived in, like and authentic. Yeah, and Rogue Squadron feels real and like it the camaraderie that they have. Which they did not show much in the film. Right. Because they were all extras. They can't have everybody talk in a video. But but Wedge, I feel like there was a lot of Wedge in this. Yeah. Wedge and the other guy. uh, My gosh. They they switch up their names a lot interchangeably. But there's just a bunch of cool people in Rogue Squadron. I love Rogue Squadron. Oh. Um, man, we're already on episode five. Yeah, I guess. Uh, which is the the Millennium Falcon pursuit. My least favorite episode, actually, of this whole thing. Yeah, I feel like that. I mean, I have nothing against the Falcon, okay, but they really need a whole episode to focus on. Problems with the Falcon. We we. Oh. I don't know. Did you read about um when C three PO says he has the most uh the ship has the most peculiar accent? Oh, attitude. Uh, oh yeah. You know not now that I think back on it, it was so low. That that is actually pretty funny. Um, it's. Because, like, canonically, from the beginning, which is another cool thing, like, this is, like, how many decades old? Like, how many decades? Over 60. Over 60. I did read a book about the uh, Millennium Falcon. And how, like, and its brain is a bunch of droids three, from the Clone Wars? Mm, I wouldn't say droids from the Clone Wars. I know there are three, three separate droid brains in the Falcon. Um, The book kind of chronicled a bit of the history and was actually pretty weird because one of the original owners got thrown into carbonite or something or got in an accident woke up 
like 15 years later and started to search for the Falcon, which of course is in the hands of Han Solo. Right. And since this is, since this is no longer canon, um, the story kind of covers a hidden object aboard the Falcon that Alana Solo, Jason Solo's daughter, um, discovers, and she insists that they go on a trip to discover why this object object is on the Falcon. Uh, if you want to read it, it's called Star Wars Millennium Falcon. I believe it's by James Lucino. But, um, not one of my favorite books, but it is an interesting book. <sighs> and the more and more I, I'm rereading canon books, mm-hmm. the more and more I feel like they un- they underutilized um, Ben Solo as Kylo Ren. Re- rereading about Jason Solo falling to the dark side and using these awesome force powers, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh my gosh. And there was a one-on-one Jason versus Luke fight that I forgot about that happened. And Luke beats the crap out of Jason. And my dad is listening. He knows what I'm talking about because he actually did listen to these books with me. Um, He probably doesn't remember them. But it's an interesting fight. Instead of blue on blue like Anakin, we want it green on green. But we're getting off topic here. Yeah, so uh, I like the way that the ATAT sound. Oh yeah, all and that's why I got that's why I first put the term "all train armored transport." Yes, in my life, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And I, and the thing that I come up with some of these terms like ten or fifteen years before they're actually like used in a film. And that, my friend, is called dramaturgy. Yeah. Uh, there, there is usually a person, at least one head person on staff, and maybe a couple of subordinates, that their entire goal is to mm-hmm. make all of this narratively make sense so that it all ties together. Uh-huh. Uh, so, like, that is the big, big reason why people love all the Marvel movies is because everything ties together because they had planned it that way from the beginning. Mm-hmm. They did wonder- all their homework so uh-huh. that all of the symbols and all of the T-shirts and all of yeah. the lighting fixtures and like everything connects. I wish they had done that with the sequel trilogy. Yeah, was, I mean they had. All the material right there. Of course, Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy stated that that was not. Um, she actually stated in public there was no existing material. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you heard me correctly. Then, then what do you have a copyright on, Kathleen Kennedy? <laughs> she said. She said there was no existing material to base a new trilogy on. That's why they came up. I mean, I understand you want to come up with something different from the books that have been laid out, but people have been reading these books for over 25 years because they never thought they would see an episode 7, 8, and 9. And to them, that was their future. That was their Star Wars. You can't just rip it into pieces. 
Right. If you want to change, if you want to change the name from uh, Jason Solo to a Ben Solo and put him, turn him to the Dark Side, go ahead, but give him an actual Sith title, and don't don't bring in a freaking Palpatine. I love me some Palpatine, okay? <laughs> but don't bring in Palpatine. Jason was more powerful than Palpatine ever was. Let me tell you that. Mm. Like even foregoing the Yuzhong Vong. Which was already which, a really interesting concept. That would be a good TV show. Oh mm. my gosh! A nineteen, it was nineteen books or twenty books for the whole entire Yuzhong Vong War. Wow! So Did you ever books. read those books? No, I never read that many books. Well, you see, here's the interesting part about the whole canon is they spent so many years writing uh, battle after battle with the Empire for about 25 years or 20 years after the Battle of Yavin. And finally they decided to ask Lucas, because Lucas had forbid them from touching anything prequel era until he was ready to start prequel era. Um, which is where they usually call Palpatine Palpatine. Um, okay, that's some, hilarious. Some, some, <laughs> some of the narrators, actually. Um, they that's how they said it, but that's where the Yu Zhang Vong came in because they need to have somebody different, a different invader that w- needs to be like a big bad that the Jedi could not just defeat easily. Um, and actually, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker did a commercial for the first book of that series. That's the only time I've seen him do something for a book series. Star Wars wise, huh? But the cool thing about the New Jedi Order—that's what the series is called—it actually flows right into the Dark Nest trilogy, which is an in-betweener series, and then flows right into Legacy of the Force, which flows into Fate of the Jedi. Like all the threads from the Yuuzhan Vong War tied to the rest of them. Which was very interesting. And very difficult, I might add, because there are many authors that wrote these books. And all the authors had to like, b- bounce off each other. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, yeah, they could do their own spin on characters, but they had to like check with other authors. And they had to check with George, too. So, um, I know we're getting off topic again. Do we want to continue with episode 6 through 10? Or do we want to save that? Uh, let's let's save it because not- there, there's a lot to unpack about okay. the the difference of delivery <laughs> of uh, well, like of Cloud City in general. Like well, the new. I do per- want to ask you a couple questions though before. Um, Go for it. Uh, voice act, um, voice acting for Yoda in Palpatine. Uh, Come on, let me hear your thoughts. I didn't. I haven't heard Palpatine. Is Palpatine? Yeah, he did. What? The the hollow recording. Oh, you're right. Paul Hecht is the emperor. Not bad. Not Ian McDermott, but not bad. No, and and no, Ian McDermott is not in Return of the Jedi either. By the way. Which is sad. I do. I do want to hear this. I do want to hear this guy not through a filter. 
you'll hear him again in Return of the Jedi. He has a bit more dialogue than in the film. This Yoda, but, though. Oh, my God. This Yoda is he- not Yoda. That's Cookie Monster. <laughs> That's... Funny you can say that because Frank Oz did voice Cookie Monster, by the way. And Grover. Yes, he did. Oh my god, you're and right. Ms. Piggy. And Miss Piggy. <laughs> but that's so ironic that you that you're saying that this is the cookie monster. <laughs> 100%. 100%. <laughs> How do you feel? <laughs> it's just so low. Like, at least Frank. <laughs> Can I get your ship out? It's what what is happening? What happened during those scenes? (laughs) Also, I was hoping, I was hoping that we would get more scenes with Yoda. We got breakfast with Yoda. We got breakfast with Yoda, but like, (laughs) (laughs) like, but that's like it. That's all we got. I was upset. I mean, we got some more dialogue. Slightly more. What? Who's at my window? Or oh, 2D2 little droid? Yeah? That was fun. Guys, like, you must been. Mm. Oh, man. It's so, it's so funny, like, when he was, like, trying to taste his root leaf stew. <laughs> oh, man. This, mm. <laughs> well, I believe... <laughs> Maxi Big the Force. Oh, boy. I mean... I mean, but by the time, I mean, we, we can discuss all that next week. Uh, one final question, though, before um, we close this uh, subject out. Absolutely. Billy D. Williams, Billy D. Williams, Orlando, perfect. Always has been. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of this, uh, <laughs> co- this continuing on. Like, I really oh, like, please. like the rest of like. Other than the voice of Yoda, the dialogue of Yoda, like the lines for Yoda were really good. And the rest of this uh, radio play is probably my favorite couple of episodes so far. Yeah, it is awesome. Um, Well, let me warn you, the dialogue for Yoda to get even worse for Return of the Jedi. Um, There will be no more Mark Hamill, Return of the Jedi. There'll be another actor named Joshua Farden. (laughs) <laughs> whose voice sounds almost similar to Mark's, but you can definitely tell that's not Mark. Um, and there is no Billy D. Williams for Return of the Jedi. And I hate that actor, the voice actor for the new Lando. Aw, sad day. Just warning. Just warning. Um, but there's a little Easter egg in Return of the Jedi, which... I was happy when I heard it, but not happy that it's no longer canon at the moment. So, there's a certain somebody that Rufio run in, runs into in Jabba's palace. Who goes underneath a different identity, but you know, if you know the old canon, you know who it is. That's I'll cool. give you a hint. She's got red hair and green eyes. Ah... You mean that she's become the one that is becoming canon? Yes. Mara Jade. That's cool. 
yeah, I was really happy. But that's that's that'll be we'll tackle that in like two weeks. <coughs> Excuse me. Yep. So is that it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. There okay. wasn't there wasn't a lot going on in uh, in this no. upward bit. Uh, but like, there's so much to unpack in the next few episodes. It is, especially First because thing. they like yeah. they chose to go in a different direction. They took the the director chose to go in a different direction than uh-huh. the way than like how it went through the movie. Uh huh. And so, really, I I thought it kind of went almost. I feel like uh, acting choices for specifically oh. for Vader. Oh, did, yeah. They did okay. a really good job of making like the iconic no I am your father scene feel different. Like it hit different. And I'm here for that. But we're going to yeah. un that's a whole yeah. can of worms that if we yeah. start that we're going to be here for another hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, my so, friend. Uh Take it away. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to chat with us, we do have a Facebook page at Special Unit 352, and our Instagram and Twitter are at SU352Podcast. Please rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening app because that will help us show up in the algorithms. And if you want to contact us privately, we do have an email, and that is... SpecialUnit352 at gmail.com. Excellent. We look forward to talking with you guys next week, and as Peyton always says, May the force be with you.